Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Warning. This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Where negativity never sounded so good. Now here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Make sure to follow the show at our website, LibertyNeverSleeps.com. Follow me on Twitter at Real Liberty Time. And watch the videotaping on Real Liberty Never Sleeps on Facebook as well as on YouTube.com. Good morning. Yesterday, I had another incident with YouTube. I put up a show, which was a standard length show, that had bumper music in it. I've been doing bumper music on YouTube because I've had this conversation with YouTube several times. I've told them I have the standard AMI license. And they said, okay, if it should pop up that someone makes a claim on a song in your video, we just block out your video until you respond to the email and we can mute the individual song. And I said, but what about my license? And it's like, well, that only applies in certain cases. We have different standards. We have to do international standards and iHeartRadio does whatever. So I said, okay, that's fair. You send me the email. And they said the email will pop up within maybe two, three minutes of maybe posting the video. And it did yesterday. I go, okay. I go to the video. It says your video is blocked because you used a song by Paul Simon called Kodachrome. I said, I have the license. Nope, sorry. I go, well, you could, they, could, they gave me a form that you could dispute the license. And I go, well, well by that time, the video will be old. So they said, click on the button and just, and just mute the song. And our software will pull your song out. So I did that. And they said, uh, video will be available lo- and, uh, until, uh, until it's processed. Okay. People are calling me, emailing me. Sorry, you can't see the video. I go back on it after I said, you know, it was processed. And it says, once again, claim details. It's been blocked. You got to click the button. I clicked it three times. Three times I went through this process. Three times the video comes up and then comes back down. And, I, and it's like, look, your software isn't working. It's, it's not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be a way so that because you got all these countries bitching and moaning. So from now on, anything that I put on YouTube is not going to have bumper music. That's the only way I can get around it. It doesn't matter if it comes from Spreaker. It doesn't matter if I personally upload it. All their software does is fuck me up. 
And I see people on YouTube posting all kinds of stuff with all kinds of songs and movie clip and getting away with it. They're just coming after conservatives. It's as simple as that. If I was anybody else, they'd let it go. It's, it's fucking 20 seconds. It's under the Fair Use Act. It's just whatever. I mean, it's... I go, here's the license. I got, I got all these songs, 3,000 songs in my catalog. What? Nope. It's like the only one. Now, every now and then, every now and then, one will be caught in a filter. There are certain artists that I know not to use, even though the license says I can. I know that the, whatever, for whatever reason, someone gets a hair up their ass that they don't want the song used, and Facebook will simply say, we just blocked it. We automatically muted the song, and but we put your video up anyway. Great. That that's a great way. Facebook is fair. They say, well, someone made a claim in 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 bumfuck Rhodesia, or whatever, and I go, okay. And and the, here's the thing, the claim doesn't affect shows that are not monetized. In other words, if if someone puts a claim, what they do is that they can run ads during that bumper thing, which is what other shows do and and then i don't get the money somebody else does the owner of the song that's fair too and that's the way it used to work on youtube that's what happens on spreaker it's what happens on iHeartRadio, spotify whatever they just run ads which is why they run ads on my show in the beginning and in the end Th- those money goes somewhere else i get it so now youtube doesn't get any money it shouldn't affect me I'm just very frustrated with YouTube. YouTube just has so many fucking rules, I can't get around them. So from now on, I know it takes me another 20 minutes to re-edit the damn show so that there's no music in the bumpers. So that's what's going to happen on YouTube. You'll get the video now right away. It's just going to have no music. It's just going to be 20 seconds of dead air. What I, You know what I'll do is I'll maybe I'll edit it down while I'm editing it and pulling the music off it. I'll, I'll edit it down to 15 seconds so it's not obnoxious. But it just ruins... The, I, the whole point of bumper music is just so you can get a break of my voice. I mean, I know you know it's attractive to listen to the show, but God damn, no one can handle non-stop me for an hour, all right? I know. I mean, I can't handle me. My family can't handle me for more than an hour, let alone who listens to the show. So from now on, YouTube's not going to have bumper music. Sorry, right? I'm sorry, YouTube, and it's the sad thing is YouTube, because people who listen to the show and watch this on video will just wait till it comes up on Facebook, who want the bumper music, because I get comments on, oh, you used that song, I haven't heard that song in years, because I just, I go through the catalog, I go, oh, you know, that song, I have that, uh, whatever, whatever, and it, look, we're a radio show, the video is just so people can see me, it's really not the prime way we, I mean, it's something like 90% uh, of of people who listen to the show do it through through the radio or audio, in other words, Spotify and other things. So I, I mean, that's what it is. I just it's a radio show. I I know that there are a lot of people that love the videos. There are some people who watch the Facebook videos religiously. There are some people that watch, and but I'm t- constantly dealing with Ah uh, Tom. I can't see it. Uh, I'm over in, in BFE and I can't see it. And it's like I got to go back and, and redo the YouTube thing and talk to them. And I'm just tired of it. I just It's a waste of my time. 
But I do want to do YouTube. I, I People are making money on it. People are, are showing their videos. Everybody else seems to be able to post a video with a clip. I, it seems like I can. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they get away with it. I got to move on. I just, I'm just irritated. I get irritated easily. Anything that's not, that's like outside the norm, it just irritates me. I, I, have, a, I have a low threshold for irritation. I have a high, actually a high threshold for, for losing my shit, but it's a low threshold to get irritated. You know, I get the, uh, you know, you get the boiling factor going. Speaking of boiling factor, Sarah Palin's getting divorced. No, really, I heard the, I heard the news. Thirty years of marriage, kapoof. I don't I don't know what the the situation is. You don't know what goes on in the home. Something to do with there was some tension in the house between, you know, their personality clash or something. I I don't know. You know, thirty over thirty years, people change. Certainly, someone who was a small town mayor, which Sarah Palin was, and eventually became a vice presidential candidate and became a, such a public figure and was doing all kinds of specials. She's on the TV all the time, making political comments. It changes a person. People change over time. I that had I've had that happen. I I believe me, especially with in relationships. I was I've been in relationships with women. It just people change. I change. They change. And so you move on. And you know, marriage in America is just changing as an institution as well. It really is. We don't uh, revere the oaths that we take, and uh, and. America has just taken the attitude there should be no consequence to any action, including taking the oath of marriage. True, take a no-fault divorce is now the, the standard. You don't have to prove infidelity or anything like that in court. You just walk away, and half your shit, half goes with it. And I, and I don't want to get into the debate of divorce, whether a woman deserves half or not, or a man deserves half for that matter. I would imagine... Todd Palin, or not Todd Palin. You see, this is this may have been why people were referring to him as Todd Palin instead of his his full name. And it's like he he wasn't Mister So and So anymore. He was Sarah Palin's husband. That I, you can't imagine that that causes tension, especially if somebody is a traditional male, <clears throat> so to speak. I, it's like I don't know what that reason was. It didn't say in the articles, just that there were tensions in the house about and. That they were different people, which I, like I said, I completely understand. Did you see this? Speaking of divorce, did you see the story where the the reason that the marriage rate is going down? That CNN quoted a study, and and all the Hanhouse women were talking about it. You know, I don't remember who was on the show, but there was the CNN. It was a CNN Henhouse meeting of, of women. They talking over their coffee. Men are no longer economically viable. So basically, CNN called women whores. That the reason that the marriage rate's going down is because women are only interested in money. Yeah, right. But that's not the reason marriage rate's going down. There's, there's a whole. It's a complex. It's a complex reason. But I, I think it really boils down to the fact that women are more independent, and and so and therefore no longer need marriage as a way of supporting themselves. I, you know, that was a, for two thousand years. That's the way it worked. And our society has changed that. And you could decide for yourself whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I can tell you that not having a traditional upbringing for kids today is affecting how kids think and the way they relate to the world. And I think it's a contributing factor to why there's more school shootings. The kids are, 
are rebelling against it in the only way they know how. But basically CNN is saying, well, it's because men aren't econo- economically viable. It's a nice way of saying they fucking want money. They want to cash in. I, You know, when I was dating 15 years, 16 years ago, 16, 16, 17 years ago now, that was the last time I even looked at a date. You used to see these things pop up in the, the internet dating site. I'm looking for a generous man. You know what that means? I'm looking for a man who's going to give me shit. Really, that's what it meant. And I guess this is what CNN studies basically coming to the conclusion that women want shit. And unless men can give it to them, I mean, it's so much for women empowerment, right? What is the narrative that women are empowered? That they have jobs, they can support themselves, they can make their own decisions? Basically, the CNN study is saying women no longer are, are empowered, that they still want a man with money. I don't, I don't rem- remember men looking at women and saying, I want a woman with money. I don't remember. I, I don't see a, a supermodels having any trouble getting husbands. I see a lot of fat chicks that are having trouble getting husbands. I, I've, I've seen them all. They're all over uh, internet dating sites. Women whose face looks like a taxi cab, which is why I'm going to talk about Chrissy Teigen later. So they don't, you know, they have, they're the ones who have problems. It's not... I don't think it's men are not economically viable. It's that women are greedy, grasping women now. They're selfish women. I mean, for the dating crowd, but you know, generationally, it, it's changed. It, there, there was a, an issue with women and men back in my time too. It's just it's getting worse and worse and worse as we become more of a narcissistic and materialistic culture. So it's only natural that the marriage rate's going down because of economic viability. It's such a, you know, they always come up with these wackadoodle names, economic viability. But I, it's, I, is that really the reason? I, women, I, I, more women listen to this show than men, believe it or not. I really, I, when I read the demographics, I'm blown away by that. Because I am not polite about the relationships between men and women. I'm an old-fashioned male. I, I'm a, a serial offender in that regard. I think men should walk around with hair on their chest, do the dirty jobs, and take care of women in, in a certain way. And it doesn't necessarily have to be money. You hold the door open. You take the trash out. You wash the car. You take care of the house. You fix things right away. That's traditional male. And you do things on your own. You mow your own lawn. You fix up your own house. You don't call in somebody just to, to change a, a, a washer in your in your faucet. I'm, I'm old-fashioned. I got tools in the garage. I fix things. I, and I think that's the way males should be. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, if you want to view that as sexist, go ahead. I just think that there are some things that have re- that should remain as traditional roles, like the James Bond we talked about yesterday, and I think that's better for relationships. And I, it's not about economic viability. I noticed that when a woman goes into a McDonald's and sees a cute man behind the counter, and he comes out and he says, "Hey, you want a date?" They not they don't waste their time on it. But I noticed that if a man walks into a McDonald's and sees a cute woman behind the counter, is immediately asking her out. So there's something there, too. It's not just all one-sided. It's not all about economic viability. It's about attractiveness. 
And what makes a, a, a couple go? Some people are into different things. Some people want different things in a, in a relationship. The relationship I'm in, I've been in since, since the day we met, literally since the day we met. I, it wasn't that we fell in love at the first place. It was just that, that we, we immediately clicked. And I, I swear to you, as, as, you could strike me dead, Lord. Since the day I met the current person I'm with, I haven't looked at another woman. And this comes from a guy who was the worst. The worst. I, and I'm, 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 I, I'm a, I don't like admitting it publicly, but it is. I just was always dating women. So I, it's not about economic viability. It's just that the hen house wants to think it is. That it's all the men's fault. Speaking of which, we got to move on. John Legend, Chrissy Teigen. We're going to get back into politics today. Yesterday's rant was a little bit more about society. And there's a little bit we'll talk about today. People say to me, well, why do you talk so much about celebrities? Well, celebrities get into politics. They do. John Legend and Chrissy Teigen did. We'll be right back. There was a forum on MSNBC. You know, you know what these forums are, these town hall meetings? They're just so a whole bunch of people who don't like Trump can get together and publicly bitch about him. They never have any kind of real discussion. They never have any real variance in the ideology of the people on stage. They just have people go up and bitch about Trump. That's all it is. It's a one-hour propaganda show to attack the president or attack conservatives or attack Republicans. It's just completely, it's a, a town hall on criminal justice. And all they did was bitch about MS, uh, uh, bitch about the president. And apparently Donald Trump was watching it. Sitting in bed with his wife, flicking channels, which is completely normal. People act like the president needs to be working all the time. No, he doesn't. The president of the United States watches the news. And every president who has had, has had television available in the White House has done the same. There are photos going back to before Nixon and Kennedy of the president sitting around and watching TV. Common. So he's watching this. And they were talking about criminal justice reform. And they never mentioned the First Step Act. Now, the First Step Act was signed back in, in December. It includes rules about thousands of federal inmates to leave prison earlier than they otherwise have. In other words, it eases the mandatory minimum sentence to give judges a little bit more leeway in sentence. So if the, the, the mandatory minimum sentence is like two years, but there's extenuating circumstance, the judge can now say, well, I'm only going to give you a year and a half because you're a contributor to society, you make better you could you do something that's other than being a criminal and you just fell afoul of the law and then that that was designed to counter some of these mandatory mineral minimum sentences which was signed into law during the uh, during what was made into law during the joe biden years and it resulted in the prisons filling up people would be running afoul of the law through and then and you know I, and i don't want to say inadvertent action but 
less a less than judicious decision on the part of the criminal. And there were people that were could have been really good citizens or were really good citizens and just made a mistake. And and there I I don't have to get into specifics. I I'll give you a good example. Jesse Smollett. He's a productive citizen. When you can say what you want about him, he's a productive citizen. And the judge would have had leeway in that case. It was said, well, listen, normally you would be facing 10 years for faking an arrest and faking this crime. But we will only give you a few years and a lot of it will probation and you can go back into society. You do some public service work and that kind. That would have been a case where it would have been a First Step Act case if it was a federal crime. And one of the people on the stage was John Legend. Why, why a, a musician has to be on the stage about criminal justice reform, I, I don't know. But it's a thing. We involve celebrities now in these town halls to bitch about it. So the people sitting at home who are watching this propaganda bullshit see their favorite musical artist or favorite actor on the stage and go, oh yeah, he, he's right. I should vote that way. That's what this is all about. So he's sitting there and he's reading it. And Trump's family is watching it and they're upset. And he tweets out something while he's watching the show. He tweets out, I only read the tweet exactly because I want to be fair to everybody. He says, I signed it into law. No one else did. And Republicans deserve much of the credit. But now that it's passed, people that virtually had nothing to do with it are taking the praise. The president tweeted Sunday night. He's right. The First Step Act was signed into law by Donald Trump and would never have been gone without Trump's help in Congress. Then he goes on and tweets again. Guys like boring musician John Legend. You know, Donald Trump will attack you. There's no doubt about it. But John Legend is a public figure. He's a musician with a lot of gold albums. A lot of people listen to music. I don't. I, and I don't want to take a shot at his music. But that's what Donald Trump does. If you come after him or you slight him in some way, he's going to tweet out something. And in this case, he says, guys like boring John Legend and his filthy mouth wife, because Chrissy Teigen is always on Twitter. Blah, 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 blah. Blankety blank this, blankety blank. Now, I'm not, I don't, that doesn't bother me. I'm from New York. I drop F-bombs on this show all the time. I warn people ahead of my show. Warning. This is not for little kids. This is not for people who get offended with blue language. And I, I watch other people on, on YouTube and things like that. And they, they drop the F-bomb all the time. Especially if they're from New York. Or if they're from lower middle class or a blue collar background. Or are in law enforcement. I know it's law enforcement people drop F-bombs. I don't know. But it's a New York thing. It really, it really is. So anyway, I, I got off the subject. I didn't want to go into the defense of using blue language, but I did. I think it's because it's a family issue with me and my family. My family doesn't like my blue language. They know it's just, it's like, you don't, you sound stupid when you, when you drop the F-bomb. Really? Go blank yourself. You know, it's just what I, I do. I'd like, Anybody tells me you don't use blanks, they're immediately going to get the F-bomb told at them. Guys like Bjorn, boring musician John Legend and his filthy mouth wife are talking about how great it is, which they did. They were talking about how great the first step back, but they never mentioned Donald Trump. 
but I didn't see them around when they, we needed help getting it passed because it had been in Congress for a while. It really had. They had been talking about criminal justice reform for years. And it's Donald Trump who signed the, and got it through Congress. It's Donald Trump who's pardoned people who have fought, run afoul of federal law. There was an incident where there was a woman go, doing life in prison for basically possession. And he, got, he said, he was brought to his attention by Kanye West and, and his wife, Chris Kardashian. And he, and he said, all right, we'll pardon. It's no problem. We'll just sign a pardon. By the way, they went to Barack Obama. It had been on a presidential desk for a while. These things come across a presidential desk. You know, you could just call up the phone and ask the president to pardon somebody. You have to make your case. You have to file a form and everything. And it had been sitting there. And Donald Trump, oh, okay, I'll fix it for you. Because Kanye West had a previous relationship with the president of the United States. So he said, hey, Mr. President, there's something on your desk you should look at. And he'll go through the files. And he pardoned them. He never gets credit for that. He never gets credit with minorities for the minority unemployment rate either. And the reason they, they don't want to give him credit is because a slight change in the black vote, the Hispanic vote, other minority votes. In other words, if it goes from 4 to 3% for the Democrats anymore, it completely flips the Electoral College and it's game over for the Democrats and they know it. That's why they don't want to give Trump credit. Because even a slight demographic shift in those demographics, they're fucked. So Legend criticized the president. And Legend tweeted out, Imagine president of a whole country spending your Sunday night hate-watching MSNBC, hoping anybody will praise you. That's not what it's about. It's about honesty. The mainstream media has a town hall about criminal justice reform and never gives the Republicans credit for what they have done. It's not hate-tweeting. It's pointing it out. And besides, let, let's back this up a second. Twitter's only been around for 10 or years, at least as, insofar as a public thing. Previous presidents would have been tweeting too. I, I dare say George Washington and, and, and John Adams would have been tweeting all, all the time. Adams and Jefferson would be going at it on Twitter if Twitter was around back then. Twitter's only been around since the last two presidents. It's only been a Barack Obama and Donald Trump thing. And it really only became a thing into, in, the, in Obama's second term. So don't tell me, oh, this is unusual. Scaramucci was bitching about it. Oh, the president of the United States tweeting about it to a private citizen. What are you fucking talking about? Every president since Washington has attacked private citizens. I remember a, a letter from Truman actually writing a letter to somebody saying, if you say something like that publicly again, I'm going to come into your house and punch your face. He actually said that to a private citizen. Lyndon Johnson went crazy over the press. Made an issue of it publicly. We all know that the attacks between Adams and Jefferson. So that's why I say, if Twitter was around during the time, they'd be doing it too. Everyone acts like it's a Donald Trump thing. It's only because Twitter's been around for, what, 10 years? It's only been a big thing in society in the last eight. So, no, it, you know, this kind of thing like, oh, a president acting, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Scaramucci said, have any... Other, other presidents in recent history, modern history, have gone after private citizens, whether they're celebrities or not celebrities. Sure they have. Well, when has a private citizen, a celebrity, which is a public figure, I might add, Mr. Scaramucci, when have they had the power to go after a president? 
only since social media. If a celebrity had a press conference 20 years ago about what the president did, let's say, let's say it happened during Reagan and Madonna came out and said something about Reagan, it wouldn't have been any news. She wouldn't have been able to hold a press conference about Ronald Reagan. But nowadays, if Madonna was to tweet something about uh, Donald Trump, it immediately makes the news. That's why he's doing that, because he's fighting back. This is the first time an American president has had a tool that he can fight back against their critics. In the past, previous presidents who've been attacked publicly, privately, had no ability to go after somebody who does that. Now he does. Good for him. It's about time. Presidents, I, Clinton, Nixon, I can, uh, Truman, going back history, have been taking shit from, the, from, from people for years. And they've had no ability to fight back. Now they do. Twitter. And Donald Trump has been an effective user. They're, they're trying to shut him up on Twitter. That's really what it's all about. Let's shut up Donald Trump on Twitter because it's effective. The American people get to listen in on a president getting mad. Good. It's like Mick Jagger was out the other day. It was a story. Mick Jagger bitching about Donald Trump. Figures. Mick Jagger, who had to come to the United States to get his surgery on his heart because he didn't want to go through the public health care system in Britain, is bitching about America now and Donald Trump. The very people who helped him. And the worst thing is that these celebrities are a bunch of fornicators, a bunch of drug users, a bunch of pedophiles. They're the ones criticizing the president. Chrissy Teigen. I mean, what, is, what the hell is Chrissy Teigen? A supermodel. I, what is she a supermodel for? Pumpkins. Have you seen her face or head? She got a head the size of a pumpkin. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if she had bad plastic surgery or cheek implants. She looks like a pumpkin. Honest to God. You could, you could take a black magic marker and draw a little, like, you know, jagged mouth on her and she'd be a pumpkin. Between the tanner and the cheek, imp- the cheek thing that's going on with her. They call that a supermodel. Okay, whatever. She's on magazine covers. That's the, what is that, a skill? Taking off your clothes in front of the camera, that's a skill? Because that's what a supermodel does. Strips down to the bikini and, and then poses like, ooh, look at me. Cheesecake photo. Yeah, you were granted gifts from God. You were born a certain way. You were born attractive. That's a skill. That's that's a contributor. She comes back and she tweets. She tweets all kinds. Calls a... Uh, a pussy ass, you know, I don't want to say it. So thus proving the president right, that she's filthy mouth. Not, not that, like I said, not that I care, right? But Donald Trump has not been shy using foul language or using, he called shithole countries. But he's not a, re- a regular user. Of, I wouldn't call the, this president a particularly blue president. Lyndon Johnson was. Richard Nixon was too, and people get offended by the language. Eh, I'm, I, I don't, I don't see. I don't believe in words that hurt. This whole narrative that words hurt. I don't believe that. Uh, I mean, it's just nonsense. Words don't hurt. Sticks and stones do. And Chrissy Teigen and John Legend have an ability to fight back too. They got Twitter too. Go ahead, tweet. They have a right to complain about the president. I'm not suggesting that they shouldn't. If they feel that this president is running the country wrong, go ahead. 
Do what you got to do. But understand this. You are coming out on a public stage on MSNBC and not mentioning important facts. You are altering democracy. You're the problem. You're not mentioning how the Republicans got this bill through and got it signed. And you're doing it because you're afraid. You're afraid this president will get reelected. Okay, I get it. But understand that if you do that, you're going to get criticized for it. You've got to take the heat too. These liberals, they, you know, they can't stand it. They can't stand it when people fight back. They like to bully people on Twitter. Deborah Messing, let's, let's expose all these Trump donors. Let's make public knowledge of their personal information, their name, address, and phone number. That's bullying. I don't know how many times I've criticized some, some celebrity on Twitter. I've said, hey, listen, you're wrong. I would like to point something this. Or make fun of them. They get mad, man. They fight back. That's okay. That's America. But don't, don't say that they, people don't have a right to fight back. Don't go around bullying people on, on social media and then say, but you have no right to say anything back. The president absolutely has a right to. And it's too bad if he's more effective at it than you are. It's too bad that there are more people that have it that's siding with the president than you. I'm sorry, but that's the way them, them's the apples. If you're going to publicly criticize the president, now he has an ability to fight back. Good for him. And whoever the president is, mind you, because there will be a liberal president one day. And they will do the same thing. Trust me. Trust me on that. I don't know how many times Elizabeth Warren or, other, or, or staffers get these bots to attack people who criticize them. I, if when, you, when you come out and you criticize Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or you say something in social media, what they do is they don't attack. They get bots to attack you. Accounts that were created six months ago that have like, 13 tweets and three followers, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they come up with this. They expound on this. What, what are you talking about, Tom? And I go, hey, listen, I know who that is. That's a staffer, one of your staffers. At least Donald Trump has the courage to say things publicly instead of sending a bot to attack you, which is a typical liberal. I mean, it really is. You can always tell a liberal they're the first one to leave the room when the fight begins. Anyway, I, I want to talk about some politics a little bit. Let's talk about this Taliban meeting in North Korea. We'll be right back. President Trump is trying to get us out of Afghanistan. The neocons, the conservatives in, in, in Congress don't want them to do this. There are a number of reasons for it. And the main reason is, is that there is a theory by the neocon left, uh, excuse me, neocon right, that believes that as long as we keep troops stationed in a country, other countries like Russia can't move on the area. And it keeps the peace. Rebel forces don't attack a United States, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, a reinforced country as long as we have troops there. Iran will never attack Iraq as long as we have a base there. And that's the thinking, that if we just keep troops stationed everywhere, it stabilizes the world. But what, what it really is doing is exposing the United States like the Roman Empire was exposed. 
It's expensive. It costs people lives. It costs people money. And you're defending land that isn't yours. My, my attitude is old-fashioned. You don't leave troops in a country. What you do is until the new government stabilizes and you say to the new government, we're coming and we're getting out on this date. You better defend your own country. And if you leave and another country comes in or a rebel force, that's their country. They, they have to deal with it. I know the theory is, as well, as long as we keep troops there, we don't have to get the same real estate twice. Well, you don't have to invade a country to stabilize it, okay? And I, I don't want to get into it today. But I want to get into the Taliban meeting. There was some talk that the United States was going into talks with the Taliban. We lost the war in Afghanistan, is what it says to me. You don't go into talks with your enemy. You destroy them. And apparently, we didn't do that. Not that we were supposed to be in Afghanistan to destroy the Taliban, mind you. We were supposed to be there to get Osama bin Laden. That was the reason why we originally uh, sent troops to Afghanistan. It was an invasion. We didn't attack Afghanistan. Most people don't know that. We were asked by the government to go in. We said to the government, look, you're harboring Osama bin Laden. Here we come. We brought down a complex in Tora Bora to try and kill him. We missed we eventually found him again in Pakistan, which is proof that Pakistan is no friend to the United States. We got troops over there, and we want to get them out, but we want to do it so that the government is, remains stable. So we decided to have talks with the Taliban. Mike Pompeo was talking about it on the Sunday shows. All of a sudden, we pulled out of talks with the Taliban, and there's a lot of criticism of Donald Trump. Well, let me tell you why that happened. It was because people criticized this president. He didn't want the talks with the Taliban in a peace negotiation to become public until it was done. And the reason is, is because public pressure would be on Donald Trump in every negotiating point. This is the problem that we have with North Korea. This is why the talks in North Korea stalled. We had successfully beaten the North Korean dictator. We had convinced him that shooting off missiles wasn't the, the answer, that negotiations with the United States would be benevolent and would ensure his survival. And so Kim Jong-un walked across the border, shook hands, and all of a sudden talk stalled. And the reason is, is because it became public cannon fodder for the press. Oh, you're talking with the North Korea, you're giving him credibility. They attacked every little detail of any kind of negotiation that was going on in North Korea, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And so he didn't want that to happen again with the Taliban. The stakes were a little bit higher. There were a lot of lives on, on the line. Not to mention the Afghani government that's currently there. And all of a sudden imploded. Now they're not going to say that publicly. But that's the real reason. And now everybody's criticizing. The very reason why the president pulled out of these negotiations, and plus there was some issues with the with. What the, what the status of the current Afghanistan government is, and that's another reason why he pulled out. There was, there was problems with the meeting. But the main reason is, is because when it becomes public knowledge, when it becomes public cannon fodder, this is what happens. The media crucifies the president and it undermines his credibility in negotiations. I've talked about this several times, that the press really needs to keep their nose out of foreign policy decisions and foreign policy negotiations until the deal is signed, until the ink is dry. Because when you undermine a president's credibility, you have to understand that other nations view America differently than what we do, okay? 
When you undermine his credibility, there's a reasonable belief that an American president may not be reelected or may back out on negotiations because of public criticism. They don't trust America, even though we know that negotiations may be benevolent with the Taliban or with North Korea. They don't know that. They can only go by what the press says. They can only go by the press says that the president needs to be impeached. Oh, really? Well, maybe we don't want to negotiate with this president if he's going to be gone in a year. And the next president comes in, like with the Iran deal, and just says, nope, I'm going to tear up the paperwork. That's the real reason why I pulled out. And there was some sticking points about a number of issues and, and a number of negotiating issues, which were a red line for America. We had to ensure the Afghani, current Afghani government was, was stabilized. That's really the whole reason of this. And, we're, and, the, and the recent attacks that have been going on destabilized those talks as well. There was an attack on a wedding. A lot of people were killed. There were several Americans killed recently or shot at or injured. All you have to do is pull up the news reports. Just type in Afghanistan on a Google search and then click news. You'll see that American servicemen were under the gun as recently as during the negotiations that may have been happening. That's why he said, Taliban are dead to me. We went to you with good faith and you still were shooting at our troops. You can't do that. And that's a better policy than the previous president. Obama was not just negotiating, he was lifting his skirt to get back that one serviceman who actually was a traitor, who was an AWOL guy, who walked off his post and then was sympathetic to the enemy. We wanted him back. Because we, we don't leave people on the battlefield. Regardless of the reason why he left his post, we don't leave people like that. But the problem was the previous president lifted the skirt. Okay, here's four guys who were out and out dangerous in the United States. We let them back. We gave them back. So that's what's going on with the Taliban. That's what the thing is. We didn't win. We didn't go there to win. As Donald Trump pointed out, he said, I could win Afghanistan in a month if I wanted to. Vaporize the country. That's not the issue. People think we lost there. We didn't really lose. We never really fought it because we weren't there to fight Afghanistan. We were there to get people in Tora Bora. And while we were there, we had to stabilize the situation. We had to make it so that the Taliban didn't have a place to run. It wasn't a matter of, like, we invaded Afghanistan. The, the Afghanistan war was the only about a war in Afghanistan. It was about sending troops there and exposing them to getting killed, which is why he wants them out. And the United States military, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, they don't want them out. They know what will happen next. It will destabilize Afghanistan and maybe potentially give a, a place for terrorists to run to and, and form terrorist camps, training camps. My attitude is this. So what? So what? So what if terrorist camps and terrorists rise in Afghanistan? Not our problem. It'll only become a problem if there's another 9-11, which we're going to talk about tomorrow. And I know the attitude. Well, if we do this, there won't be another 9-11. You can't... You, how many people get killed in Afghanistan? How many soldiers get killed in Afghanistan every year? I, it's, we've lost more in Afghanistan. I don't know what the casualty rate is. Why don't you tell the American families that their troops are there marching up and down the road for, for terrorists to shoot at so they don't blow up another 9-11? It's not how you handle things. It's just there's a certain morality issue involved too. Public criticism of negotiations is not a good thing. 
Not until the ink is dry. Donald Trump's strategy with North Korea has worked. North Korea was shooting off missiles every time there was a news story that wasn't about North Korea. Missiles in the Sea of Japan. They were threatening the United States with an ICBM. Oh, yeah, we got missiles that can hit Kauai. They were releasing videos. Well, you know the story. And Donald Trump basically parked a bunch of carriers on North Korea and enacted economic sanctions, essentially blockading the country. And it was very damaging to the country. There was talk about instability in North Korea, that they might actually get rid of the Kim Jong-il. And no matter what he did, he couldn't get Donald Trump's attention. Finally, he made a public statement about a nuclear weapon, and Donald Trump says, you know what, I have a nuclear weapon too, a button on my desk, and mine works. So why don't you just be quiet and come to the negotiating table? And that worked. People were very critical of Donald Trump. said, you're going to create another war. I got news for you. We're at, we were at war with Korea. We'd been at war with North Korea. Technically, Donald Trump was doing the right thing and it brought Kim Jong into the negotiating table. He was walking across the border, DMZ with his hand out. When did you, when did you, that was even possible during the Bush administration, during the Obama administration? It wasn't. They always had to say, well, we have to have six party talks with China. That, that bullshit, bullshit. Donald Trump says, give him a seat at the table. Let's talk to him. I'll meet with him and, and met with him personally. And negotiations were working. They were coming to certain agreements. North Korea and South Korea sat down at a negotiating table. We had a phone line between our two countries. First time since Truman. It was working. And then the press got involved. How can you give credibility to this guy? Blah, 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 blah. And he backed down on negotiations. He didn't trust the United States. He didn't know what was going to happen with Donald Trump. Donald Trump backed off on the Iran deal. He, He undermined Obama's decision. So what's to prevent a new administration coming in and undermining him? And that's what he went through his head. Yet these people don't trust the United States. They live in a very closed society, a police state. So they don't, when the United States president and is reasonable and says, come to the negotiating table, they don't trust him. And then talks fell apart. And then everybody was critical of Donald Trump for that. The talks fell apart. Well, you see, it didn't work. Your strategy didn't work. Kim Jong-il went to Putin, went to other leaders, and what are we going to do? I got these economic sanctions. He's got carriers parked off my coast. I'm in between a rock and a hard place. I can't trust him because this press are coming after him. I'm going to impeach him. And at the same time, he's not relenting on the economic sanctions. You told me he would bend. Putin says, go back to North Korea. I don't want to hear it. You better not launch a nuclear missile. It's basically President Z on China and Putin said, you better not launch a nuclear missile. I don't want to know you if you do, because these guys will blow you up. Donald Trump will push that button if you, if you begin your shit again. So Kim Jong-il was in a, between a rock and a hard place. He couldn't go back to the negotiating table, and he couldn't live with the economic sanctions. So what does he do? Shoots off a low-range, short-range missile, right? I want attention. I'm gonna, maybe this will work again. Donald Trump says, ah, forget it. He's a little guy. Don't forget him. And the press went wild. Said, your strategy doesn't work. See, he's shooting off missiles. Look, you can't pay attention to that. Because if you pay attention to that, that's their strategy to get you to pay attention. And what did Donald Trump do? Ah, he poo-pooed it. So what's happening now? North Korea blinked. All right, we'll come back to the table. Maybe we could talk again about what you wanted in North Korea. And Donald Trump and Mike Pompeo, is wor- it's working. 
And now the press is starting their shit again. Oh, well, he launched off a missile. You can't trust the North Koreans. That's why they don't trust us. Stay out of it, please. Let the president and the secretary of state work with other leaders and come to a peaceful resolution in North Korea. Otherwise, if this keeps up, you are going to get a war over there. Because he's in a desperate situation, this guy. I've said this many times. If he doesn't get these economic sanctions lifted, his own people will get rid of him. Or if he, if he does anything military again, the six carriers off his coast will blow him to the kingdom come. He's fucked. He knows he needs to come to the table. He knows he needs those economic sanctions released. He's just, he doesn't know how to solve it. Because if he does everything that the United States wants, he feels that he will destabilize his regime. And it might. So he's got to come back to the table. And it's working. Just let the president be the president. That's his job. If you don't like the way he's doing it, well, the solution is the ballot box. But this public criticism with press telling all kinds of wild stories about what's going on in, Af- in Afghanistan and what's going on in North Korea are just destabilizing these talks. That's why he's shooting off the missiles again. That's why the Taliban are blowing up our bases. I got to move on. Let's talk about no Republican primary. We'll be right back. Well, I think I hurt my voice again, that last segment. <laughs> Let's talk about no Republican primary. In a number of states, and this is the rules for both the Democrat and Republican Party, if 80% of the delegates in a state, because the delegates are, are, are pre-known, and I know that the Democrats have a super delegate process, but the Republican Party has a similar situation. And we have delegates. People that will will go and vote and decide who the next president is in the primary. If 80% of the delegates already are pledged to Donald Trump, in other words, it doesn't matter who they're going to run. There isn't enough support among the delegates for a primary challenger to Donald Trump. We're not going to have it. We're just going to sign paperwork. And and this is the rule. 80% of the delegates or more have to agree to it. It's called a presidential preference selection. The delegates get together and they say, there's no, really, there's no primary. And we're going to just sign a board on Donald Trump right ahead of time. And, and the reason that a lot of states do this and the Republican Party does it is, is because it preserves funds to run against the candidate of the Democrat Party. We don't have to spend the money on a primary. I don't care. I want a primary. That's the American way. That's the system we have. Yeah, it saves money. Yeah, the delegates have already said we're going to vote for Donald Trump, but I think you should hear the other side. As much as I disagree with Joe Walsh and Mark Sanford and whatever Mickey Mouse candidate comes along who thinks they can win, I want to hear what they have to say. That's the American way, hearing the other side. I want a primary. You know, back when Hillary Clinton was running in 2016, during the 2015 run-up, They were worried about a public image of Hillary Clinton being a dictatorial, icy-handed bitch, the way I say it. So what they wanted was a real primary. 
because she was not running as an incumbent. She was running as a candidate. And even though the superdelegates had already been pledged to, to Hillary Clinton, even though everyone knew that the fix was in, they wanted the American people to think that there was a real primary. They didn't want an 80% primary preferential election, which they could have done with Hillary Clinton. They wanted the, the, the inclusive way of doing things. Let's, let's show the American people that the Democrats are fair-minded. We'll hear all sides of the story. And so Bernie Sanders ran against Hillary Clinton. As long as, as I think there were other people too, but it was Bernie Sanders. They created the fictitious narrative that it was a real primary, even though Bernie had no chance of winning, mathematically and otherwise. But they wanted to think, get the American people to think that it was a real primary. Even they were concerned about the image of an unopposed Hillary Clinton becoming the Democrat nominee. Donald Trump doesn't care about public image. Really, doesn't care. Nor does the Republican Party. They don't play that game. If the delegates beforehand are pledged to Donald Trump, they don't want, they're, they're going to save the money. They're going to use that money. And that's why the Democrats are howling. That's why the Democrats are making a fuss about this president not having a primary in states where the delegates are already pledged. Arizona just signed the, the, the head of the Arizona GOP, the, the uh, uh, Republican Party here is uh, Dr. Kelly Ward. She was the one who ran against uh, Jeff Flake, basically drove Jeff Flake out of the state. She recently turned in paperwork saying we're not going to have a ordinary primary. It's going to be a primary presidential preference or election, PPE or whatever the hell they call it. I'm not even sure the technicalities of it, but basically there's no primary. The delegates already have said it's Donald Trump or nobody. I don't like that. President has said, I'm not going to debate people publicly in the Arizona GOP. I'm I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't like that. I think every president should have a primary. One of the reasons Lyndon Johnson, who was much maligned in the press, deservedly so, didn't run for re-election was because he couldn't face a primary challenge. That's important. That's important that the people who have a different idea of what a Republican president should, should be should have a say. That's the American way. That the, In America, we're not a democracy. We're a republic. The majority doesn't always win in America. Everyone gets an equal say. And if there's a, a more than just a couple people, that minority has as much power as the majority. That's the reason we have an electoral college. That's why we have a party system. And that's why you have political primaries. And if there are people that have legitimate grievances with this president, Joe Walsh, Mark Sanford, state your case. I believe in shining a light on cockroaches. That's the best way to deal with them. Not that Joe Walsh is a cockroach, not that Mark Sanford is, but you understand what I'm saying. They should stand up at a podium and tell us why you think this president is not doing a good job. I want to hear what you have to say. How can you tell us that Donald Trump is not doing a good job when the economy is so solid? When our enemies like North Korea and Iran are coming to the negotiating table. By the way, when, in that last segment, that's a reason why Iran is being put on the pay no mind list with Donald Trump. That's why he backed out of the Iran deal, to bring him to the negotiating table and write a real deal. 
Celebrities don't know what they're talking about. But I want a primary. I think that's the American way. I think that that's, and I think a lot of people do too. I want to hear what Joe Walsh has to say. What do you got to say? Because all you've so far on Twitter and what you've publicly stated is basically, I don't like Trump, Donald Trump because he tweets out things. Scaramucci, same thing. Guy who worked for the president 12 days. Bitching and moaning about Donald Trump. He said this terrible thing about a private citizen. I want to see what these guys have to say. What, what, what's your answer to that? And Donald Trump should debate them. There should be only maybe one or two debates. You know, not, not a big thing. Because the, the majority of the Arizona Republican Party is behind this president. No question about it. No question about it. When you have states that are, I think it's four or five states have already said no primary. But I think the president should address because he said, I'm not going to debate them. He should. He should. Let's hear how stupid Joe Walsh is. Let's hear how stupid Mark Sanford is. You said out a tweet about somebody. Yeah, and I, if I was Donald Trump, I'd say, yeah, and? Well, I don't think I don't have a right to freedom of speech. I shouldn't defend myself publicly against people who attack me and much malign me unjustifiably, I might add. That I shouldn't make fun of Chrissy Teigen's language and then she drops an F-bomb and all kinds of expletives on her response tweet. I'm the problem? When a supermodel thinks she can run the country better than me? When I have proven year after year getting people out of North Korea, got that Otto Warmbier out of North Korea, he never gets credit for that. President Obama just abandoned the kid. Why don't we talk about those things? Why don't we talk about the new negotiating treatment? When you, Mark Sanford, and Joe Walsh were all on board, wanted to let this country go into ruin because of NAFTA, this president, my presidency, did something about it. Is doing something about the Midwest. Is doing something about this narrative of green energy, which is destroying our fossil fuel industry, which is the primary way we're going to provide energy to this country, whose needs are growing far beyond what solar energy and wind power could generate. Why he should do that. It's a way for President Trump to make the case of what he has done. You know, he was complaining about MSNBC doing a town hall where he's not getting credit. Mr. President, this is your opportunity to tell the American people what you have been doing. It's not all about uh, campaign rallies. You do need to make the case to the American people. Otherwise, you could lose this election. If people begin to view you as an unstable person and you don't respond to it by showing them by your policies, by the results of what you're doing, then you're going to lose the argument. Regardless of what you've been able to do, people are fickle. They got, they're buried in their cell phones. They got their nose pinned to it. You got to get them their nose out of that and say, look, this is what we've done. This is how... I have been maligned in the press. This is what is going on in America. You need to do that. And you can't do it in front of a crowd of screaming people. You need to do it in a forum like a debate. This is why Hillary Clinton had a bogus debate. She wanted to make the case of why she should be president. Not that she did. Not in my mind. But that is healthy for America. To talk about issues. God, I, I miss those days. Now a debate's all about the zinger. I'm going to zing it to him. 
And then everybody tweets about it. Ooh, look at look what Kamala Harris said about Joe Biden. But they don't talk about policy, don't talk about what their direction is, how they're different from another candidate. They all got the zinger in. Show the American people your ability to govern. That's what a debate does. I did this, I did that, I did that. Make the case. Because what's going to happen is somebody like Elizabeth Warren is going to appear reasonable. And you're, they're going to paint you as somehow a wackadoodle person. That's what this guy at Scaramucci's doing. That's why he's out there. That's why he's paid to do it. That's why he got a job and a gig with CNN. You think that they would put Scaramucci on the air on CNN if he went around talking about Trump in good terms? No way. And he knew it. He signed aboard as a previous Trump official to undermine his presidency. That's what he's doing. Well, you know, he's unstable. He's mentally ill. Why? Because he defends himself on Twitter? Show the world that you're not. Have a primary. Have a debate. You can only have to do it once or twice. Show the, the, the American people that the, Amer- the Republican Party is consolidated. Let these morons run with a 1% or 2%. I would love Fox News to have a Chiron. Uh, Mark Sanford got 1%. You got 98% of the vote. To show the American people that you're a successful president. Don't tell them. Show them. We're out of time for today. I want a primary. I know I'm just a lone wolf out there screaming. (sighs) No one listens to me. Well, actually, people do. More people every day do. We're going places. And it's largely in a part because of your donations. I want to thank you for those who continue to donate on a regular basis to this show. We are, we have come so far. And I know it's been a couple years now, but these things take time. It takes 10 or 15 years to establish credibility. I'm doing a show that's different from anybody else's. I talk plainly on this show, much more plainly than the major networks can handle. If you want to continue to have shows like this, I need your support. A dollar or two, two dollars. You'll never miss it. If you donate more, $10, you get more shows. Friday show, you get emails every now and then. If you donate 25 bucks or more, you get a book. There's other things that I, I, I do for people who are, are donors. I, I respond much more quickly to a donor than I do somebody who's just a guy on Twitter. You get your name in the screen credits. I mention you that, hey, listen, I got a new donor. Here's his name. No last names. That way your privacy is protected. We are a crowdfunder show, Patreon. I don't run ads during this show. I started to, and I said, nope, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't work well. I just want my donors to donate. It cost me a lot of money. Help me out. But we're out of time for today. I'll be back tomorrow. Take care, folks. Have a good one.